giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. Friday. Friday. Good morning. Good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live on this Friday. Streaming live on YouTube. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom! It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. As you can tell, I'm excited. Got a jam-packed show for y'all, man. Coming up today, we're jumping back into our free agency primer. And we're talking about the defensive tackle position. This position, it just continues to evade the Cowboys for real, for real. We'll discuss it a little bit. I've got four options, four realistic options. You'll know how we do on this free agency primer. We don't, I'm not here to sell you hopium, Cowboys Nation. But I'm going to give you all four realistic options, three for the most part, uh, that I think will come in here and help upgrade the room, upgrade the depth. And uh, should be a good one. We'll look at yeah, some tape, some stats. Y'all know how we do. Break it all down. Get the get the background on these guys. Uh, then later on, we do got Pat coming through for the scientific method. He just dropped an article on this particular uh, position. So we're, we're definitely going to continue that conversation with Pat. Get his take on some things. And, uh, you know, Marv said, hey, ask Pat about a particular player. And uh, we, we shall. We shall. We'll do all that. But. What's good with your bomb squad? How we doing? Bomb squad! Mm. How we feeling on this uh, Friday here? I, I Look, my service is good. AT&T's back up. Somebody told me they couldn't watch the show yesterday because AT&T. Everything should be everything for today's show. You know what I'm saying? Now, we don't have a roundup, so we're going to get right into it. But I do want to say good morning to everybody. Yes, sir. No C will be in the building, man. No C will be here. And he'll be talking about the defensive tackle. Now, let me say this real quick. Let me just get this out the way, off the top, okay? Chris Jones, Matabuke, Wilkins, DJ Reader. Sorry, I kind of tricked y'all with the thing. Uh, who, who else is out there? Uh, DJ Reader, uh, Christian Wilkins, Leonard Williams. No, no. Not happening. I don't mean to get you. I don't mean to just poo poo everything already, but I'm just saying. No, no. It's not happening. So let's live in this reality world of where we can find some quality players that are realistic that can come in here and help the Cowboys. Okay. I just wanted to get that out the way. When does free agency start? Uh, the new league year, technically, and I had it up. Did I, did I get rid of it? I had it up. Let me see here. The new league year starts March 13th, but that is when I believe you can start to sign your own guys. Let's find it here. I got you. Do, do, do. March 13th, receive personnel notice, transactions. Okay, so March 13th, so March 11th, I'm sorry. March 11th through the 13th, you can start to negotiate. That, that's that little window. 
So technically, you can negotiate starting March 11th, and you'll start getting breaking news. You know, whoever, whoever signs DJ Reader, since we're talking about defensive tackles, but it's not official until March 13th. So, so March 11th is when, you know, teams can start to negotiate where the Cowboys ain't going to start negotiating probably until the following week. That's usually how these things happen here. But I do want to talk about uh, this position. I want to get into it right now. This seems like the what now? I don't know, third, fourth, fifth season. I, I feel like we every offseason we get here and we talk about this position. Hey, Cowboys need to get bigger, need to get stronger. Hey, th- and this was a huge thing under Rod Marinelli. It was every year under Rod Marinelli because Rod didn't really believe in the big guy. Hell, he, he, he hardly believed in the good guy. Rod said, you know, give me whoever I can turn water into wine. Give me the orphans. Um, then Dan Quinn got here. And we saw Dan take the position a little bit more serious, right? Got Brent Urban, a, a notorious run stopper, drafted some big guys, brought in, traded for Hankins and whatnot. So he, he did put, I don't want to call it a premium, but he put more emphasis on the position, but maybe not enough. I don't even know if we should say maybe. I don't think it really was. And then last year, Micah was at, uh, you know how everybody's at the Super Bowl. And they asked him about the position or something like that. And he came up and he brought up a name, Deron Payne. And, you know, I laughed because he, see, Micah's not aware of the Stephen Jones just yet. He about to be. Oh, him and his agent are about to be. Uh, but I laughed because you're, you're not, you're not signing Deron Payne. It's not happening. But he said, yeah, we need that. And we did. Now, we brought back Hankins, and and maybe we'll bring back Hankins again, but that is not enough. I feel like you need multiple dudes. So this year, again, uh, I believe it was with Stephen A. One of the clips was going around on Twitter where he was saying, yeah, we'd love to get another 330 pounds, a big guy and a strong linebacker coming downhill. So now we're, we're, we're two or three years in a row in this new regime still asking for these type of players. For whatever reason, you know, DQ drafted one and we got rid of him weeks later. You know, no, seriously, we got rid of him weeks within the season. Uh, Bo, they decided to choose somebody else over Bo. Bo was gone. So you really were left with one real guy because of the whole Mozzie Smith situation with losing weight. And did y'all see what's happening with his? I mean, maybe we'll get into this later on in the show, but apparently his storage room. I don't know what's going on, man, but somebody need to find out. Somebody, hey, hey, Jerry need to go send ghosts and see what's happening. But the Cowboys need need to add guys in this room. And maybe Mike Zimmer is just the guy to do it. Maybe he's just the guy to do it. I talked to you guys, was it earlier this week, maybe Monday, Tuesday, about the position and what Mike Zimmer brings, specifically when he was with Minnesota. And dare I say, the fat boys are back. Fat boys are back, and you know they can never be Amen. Shouts out to the fat boys. Rest in peace. 
They might be back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just saying. I told y'all it's different when you see it than when you when you hear it. You know what I'm saying? When you go look at Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, he did not play around about that position. Now, granted, he was there for eight years compared to Dan Quinn's three. But regardless, these are just the heavyweights, right? Because that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the three tech types, you know? We're talking about more of the heavyweights. Look at this. Linval Joseph, 329. Kendrick Ellis, and this 6'4", 329. 6'5", 346. 6'4", 320. 65310. Michael Pierce, six foot three hundred and fifty-five pounds. Ladies and gentlemen. The ratio for that is really is real life. He's like 450 pounds, man. <laughs> That's not a lot of space to, to jam-pack in 355 pounds. And honestly, they might have been generous with his weight because Michael Pierce is a big dude. And then they went out and signed Alvin Tomlinson as well, 6'3", 325. So Mike Zimmer, he put an emphasis on the position. Pierce was signed. Dalvin Tomlinson was signed. Linville Joseph was signed. I believe Kendrick Gell. Most of these guys were actually signed. They drafted some as well, some late-round guys that stuck around. I think Steven was one of them. He had two stints with uh, Mike Zimmer. But I, I go back to something we said when, when Zim was here. If they let Mike Zimmer do his thing, it's hard for me to come away from this offseason not believing that he won't attack this position aggressively. Now, it comes down to what, Cowboys Nation? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. It comes down to the money. And when you look at the position... This is a slight shocker. I say slight because there's always the devils are in the details. We know Stephen Jones is is not a guy that's going to spend a a ton of money in free agency. That's just not what he's going to do. But there has been one position where he he spent more than he normally does, and that was the defensive tackle position. If you go all the way back to 2016, y'all remember Cedric Thornton? If you don't remember with the Cowboys, that's very... That's understandable. He was he was not a memorable player for the Cowboys, but he was for Philly. He was a pretty solid uh, guy for Philly. Cowboys signed him to a four-year, $17 million deal, $9 million guaranteed. I believe he got something like $6 million uh, signing bonus, so they were able to they cut him after one season. They were able to get out of it, and the dead cap wasn't a lot. And I know y'all remember Gerald McCoy. He was the big signing in the first year for Mike McCarthy, three-year, $18.3 million deal, $9 million guaranteed. Again, though, devil in the details because there was an injury clause. They knew about this dude's quad or something like that. It was, it was, it was, it was like a quad or a hammy or something with his leg that they knew was damaged. And if he were to get hurt because of it, they had an injury clause where they weren't on the hook for any more of his guaranteed money. So he, he had... I believe he got about five or six million at signing, and the other three million the Cowboys were off the hook for. 
So that number right there, the Cowboys' number of $9 million guaranteed to the defense tackle position, that is higher than their normal number in general. What do you mean by in general? If you go look at the history over the last like decade, the Cowboys, they hover around that five, six, six and a half million. They don't like to go above that. That that that's about where where Steven says that's enough. And if you look at a situation like this where it's above nine million or where it's above that six million dollar threshold, they like a longer contract, three, four years. So with all this information, Mike Zimmer, um, Steven Jones, and how he operates. The, the available free agents, I had to find a way to put together a handful of free agent defensive tackles that the Cowboys can look at, realistically can come in here and help upgrade the room from a depth standpoint. Before we get into them, I am on board with bringing back Hankins, though. So you brought back Hankins last year for like a million dollars. I don't think it's going to cost you more. Hankins should be, unless he wants to go somewhere else, he's tired of Dallas, which I don't think he is. He seems happy here. Hankins should be a no-brainer, but it shouldn't stop at Hankins. So when I'm reviewing these other guys, it's with the thought process that Hankins is here. These aren't the one and only dudes. Because if you're you're not going to bring back Hankins, and you're not going to shop at Dollar General, then yeah, I would go all in with the DJ Reader or somebody, right? But I... Look, look, look. DJ Reader's projected contract is roughly $15, $16 million annually. It's not happening, right? It's not happening. So let's let's operate in reality here. And because in reality, there are some guys that can can give you a boost from a depth standpoint, a need standpoint, and a fit standpoint uh, for the Cowboys. And the first one I want to talk about here. This is probably more for the for the draft community if you guys are familiar with with said player. Raquan Davis, Miami defensive tackle. I'm not I'm, look. He's not a big name. He's a he's a big dude though. Ain't a big name, but he's a big dude. Six foot seven, three hundred and thirty five pounds. As a as a, he is a prototypical first guy off the bus guy. Six seven, three thirty five, Alabama product, built in a lab. Ended up becoming a, a second round pick for the Dolphins. And you could argue he probably didn't live up to that physical stature just quite yet. He's 26 years old, so he's not he's not an old guy. He's, a, he's more on the younger side for a free agent. However, <clears throat> he hasn't he he hasn't taken that step where he's a pro bowler or anything like that. He was a part of a rotation in Miami, and for a second round pick, you would hope that he would become a potential Pro Bowl type. His number's not going to wow you from last year. He had 28 tackles, 15 stops, 23 pressures. Uh, again, not, not terrible numbers, but again, not eye-popping type of numbers. But he had a career high in quarterback hits, and he only missed one tackle per PFF. Now, this is something that PFF also said about him that made me want to go and take a look at my damn self. But it was like, hey, you know, he plays a bit upright, and, and that's understandable given that he's six foot seven. So I wanted to go check it out, and it seemed like that does, you know, back it up a little bit. He's a tall guy. Sometimes he can get tall. But you also sometimes see what made him a second-round pick, right? You see the flashes. Uh, he can be stout. He's he's athletic. I mean, I don't know what his athletic numbers were coming out. I I don't know. But the dude can move. 
And for 6'7", 335, it, it, he carries it well. So I'm, I'm curious in this type of scheme. He seems like he could be a guy when you talk about fit that can play next to a heavyweight or he can be the quote unquote heavyweight. So if the Cowboys, if Zimmer wants to come out and he wants to go bigger on the interior, you're not really losing some athleticism with, with say Davis is, is shaded. If you want to go zero and one, Davis can be a one. If you want to go one and three, and you want to bring bring in your Hankins, feel like Davis can play with the Hankins. Or if you want him to be your zero or one. Zimmer does all these type of things. He has all, all types of heavyweights. So what is it? What does this cost? So according to PFF, his projected salary uh contract, two years, 3.75 million average, but only 4.5 million guaranteed. Two years, four point five million. That's about. If y'all ain't seen my Capafella video on Twitter, that's about as Capafella of a cat boy contract. If I ever heard one, he's a former premium pick. He's only twenty six. Should come in well under that guaranteed threshold. Check, 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 mate. That <laughs> he fits everything that that Stephen Jones wants, and we know what Stephen is going to do. Stephen's going to say, "Hey, Will McClay, this is what Zimmer said he's looking for. This is the number I'm operating on. Go find me a collective amount of dudes." And what you'll notice here in today's episode is I'm actually going to go up each guy that we talk about from a projected contract standpoint. That is the number is going to increase. So Raekwon Davis at four and a half million guaranteed over two years is, is the lowest we're going to get, which again, that's not a lot of money and really, really shouldn't bother you at all from a Stephen Jones standpoint. If you were interested in this guy, now it's a matter of would Mike Zimmer be interested in this guy. The dude has been, he was made in the lab, man. Uh, I think he could, he could be an interesting player to look at again not a whole lot of splash plays but more pressures this year i think than he had in his career uh still a younger player and uh, so i'm willing me if you're just saying scott what you think about Roquan? Raquan? i'm willing to put those type of coins behind him in this scheme with this coordinator this de- defensive line coach and with a guy like a hankins or potentially another one you know, you know y'all just listen y'all just stick around potentially another one I wouldn't mind it. This this is kind of a... I don't know how you lose this situation, but Raekwon Davis, um, what are your thoughts here, Cowboys? Are you interested or kind of more of a wait-and-see approach here? Interested in Raekwon? Get, get, get out of here. Or kind of wait-and-see? Yeah, Fangio is, is a 3-4 guy. So... If you go watch him, you can, you'll see him sometimes even outside at five tech. I mean, he's got the size to do it, uh, but he was, he was mostly shaded. He he wasn't always over top of the, of the center. Same thing with Wilkins. Wilkins, again, he Wilkins is not a bigger dude, but Wilkins kind of did some Jay Ratliff type stuff too. But you see these, it was Wilkins. It was, it was uh, Davis. And it was another guy, the Cowboys. I think they went up against, I can't remember his name. I think his last name was with an S. 
They all were doing similar things. Bama boy, yes. Oscar, if you in the building, you a Bama boy. Wait and see. Yeah, I got a couple more for you, Alpha. I got a couple more. I wouldn't, if I had to rank them, I wouldn't say Ra Raekwon was is my number one guy, right? But we're, we're, we're trying to find dudes that fit this criteria. And Davis fits the criteria. Oh, shit. You put him next to Chris Jones. I mean, you're talking about the Twin Towers. You know? Sealer. Yeah, Sealer. So, so Wilkins. I don't believe Wilkins was injured. Could be wrong. But I, he played against the Cowboys. You know who, who he sh probably should have been at, at that size? But now... Now he's bigger, low key. Technically, he's bigger than him. But um, oh boy, we had here in Dallas the six foot seven cat that came from Kansas City. Now I'm having a, a, a brain fart right now. He um, out the league. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, drop the name. Give me the name. Come on, David Irving. Thank you, David Irving. At 6'7", 335, you, you would you would think he'd be a David Irving type, but he's way bigger. There. Irving was 6'7", like 305. Like he was he was on the smaller side, I think. But yes, David Irving. That's who you would think you would you would hope he could compare to from a playing standpoint. He he didn't. Now. Now that wasn't the case. And and maybe between, I believe, Flores and and and, and then it was Vic Fangio for just the season. Maybe he just didn't have a particular fit, but I, I wouldn't consider him a bust. I just don't think he exceeded expectations there either. He could have been a dog, man. He could have been a dog. Before I get to my second one, <laughs> Rico Gallus. Before I get to my second one, uh, let's wrap the banks. Good morning, sir. Yeah, morning, morning, man. Um, I actually like Davis, man. Um, I was looking at him when he came out. But his size, man, if you can get a guy like that with his size, to play to his size, but mm. play small at the same time, like, you know, you can, he can be a force, man. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't want to overhype him to say, you know, it, it could yeah. be the system and, you know, the coaches, so to say. But, uh, you know, I, I like that as a, you know, yeah, I think that would be, be a valuable pickup. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because I was going to mention David Irvin, um, actually, before you had just mentioned right then, you know, when I got on the line, man, just – you just look at what David Irving could have been if he mm. kept his head on straight, man. Because I, I, I think who was, it, who was in his circle, man? Yeah. Like, like who, who could one up? I know you can't just go up and shake David Irving. The dude is six foot seven, but hey, bro, yo, just chill. Get your head right. You can be one of them ones yeah. in this league. And yeah, he just he just couldn't get his head do, right, man. Do you remember how impactful he was? Yeah. I think it was most of his coming out party, that Green Bay game in 2016. 2016, yeah. Yeah, like three sacks or something like that. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, you know, you know, just a, you know, maybe he could, you know, break out like that. I'm just saying, if we were to get him, you know, it, that's just a, you know, a hope. Well, for, from from my understanding of just, the, again, slight research, but it doesn't seem like Raekwon Davis has that that mental block. Right? Like, like he's, yeah. he, seems to, he yeah. seems to be a guy, shows up each offseason, works hard. And and you know wants to get better. I'm not saying this guy's going to be a great player, but you know, give me a give me a guy with some good work ethic like that on my squad with the physical presence that he has. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, man, I, I just like to see um, 
you know, just what we're going to do with this defensive tackle position. You know, I'm, you know, I'm anxious to see, so to say, and just, you know, as far as that defensive tackle and linebackers and stuff. But, uh, you know, I just like to see us get, you know, it always seems like, man, when we, when we uh, take care of one position, we end up being, uh, we end up lacking at another. And I just want to kind of get well around it. You remember one point it was the safeties. Did you with the linebackers, the defensive tackles? So I just kind of, you know, I like to see us get our defense uh, well around it. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and if you got some there, even, you know, if you don't bring Gilly back, you know, you know you're going to need another corner, you know, with paired with D coming off an ACL injury and, and Deron Bland. So, but just take care, you know, just try to get everything well around it. Don't, don't feel like, you know, we got enough. Don't feel like just because we got Osa and Hankins. That, you know, we won't have to add multiple. Tec- technically, multiple you guys. don't even got Hankins, like so. They be they be a fool. Okay, to, if we get back, it'd be a fool to yeah. go into this off season, you know, saying we have enough there. I mean, you you literally don't have enough size. We know the whole situation with Mozzie losing yeah. a lot of weight. We know Osa's two eighty. Even if you bring back Hank, that's yeah. that's one guy. And the two dudes you drafted, who could potentially still be on this team, the two big dudes you drafted, you cut. So you you just don't have enough yeah. size, man. Yeah, well, God forbid they don't resign Hankins, <laughs> and they'll I mean, do much there, look, man. You if you know, don't I, resign I, Hankins, cool, as long as you bring in two other dudes. So you know, yeah, it's not over if you don't yeah. resign Hank, but you need to bring in no, no, no. multiple yeah. dudes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's just you know what I'm saying. If you don't resign them, you know, just make sure you you bring in multiple guys. You know, the decent guys through the draft and through creation. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to have to, not more so, just don't address it through the draft and just go get some, you know, you shop at Dollar Tree for the, in the free agency, and then you got to wait for that guy to go through that learning curve. You know, I know you still got Mozzie there too, but, yeah, we you know, don't know. We don't know that's what's not going a sure thing. That. So get another veteran. If Hank, you don't bring back Hank, just get, get another valuable veteran, you know, that's going to come in, and, you know, until we see what he can do also. So yeah. at least a couple guys. But that's all I got. Yep. All right, man. Appreciate you, Banks. All right, Scott. Uh, real quick, I, I happen to see the super chat here from uh, J.R. Gower. Super chat. Appreciate you. He says, uh, Zimmer goes big. What do we do with Damone? Well, Damone still plays linebacker. Like The crazy thing is Damone Clark is not a small linebacker. He's just not a middle linebacker. Damone Clark is 6'3", 240. That's prototypical size right there, especially in today's age. You just move him to off ball and you reteach him, you know, the ability to come downhill. And I think Damone will be fine off ball as your, like I said, LB2-3 type uh, or 3-3-A or 3-B type. But you, you obviously keep Damone Clark. You don't get rid of Damone. Damone is not devoid of talent. I just don't, I don't believe Damone is your green dot guy with less than a full year of experience doing it and with the way he was being taught to play I have to believe that's how they were being taught to play so yeah you don't move on from Demone. you just move him out of the middle you put him at as a wheelbacker you get some big boys like this in there and get your real middle linebacker and you let him be free that's pretty much it so and well I shouldn't say pretty much it because you got to reteach I think him and these well he's the only linebacker but you got to reteach him how to, I don't want to say how to play the position, 
But the way that I think Zimmer is going to want to play the position is different than the way that Dan Quinn wanted him to play the position. Yeah. Let's get to my second guy. Now, this second guy, y'all, this name should sound familiar if you were rocking with me last year. Uh, again, I, this is the offseason, so I know a lot of people are fairly new. Some people might have came in during the season, like what they saw, and they're around. So I, I never operate as if everybody just uh, has seen the show every single episode and all the time. But this name should be familiar because he's a guy I've been trying to get on this team for a couple years now. And it's probably because we're, we're always talking about stressing, you know, to stop the run. And this guy does it. Ashawn Robinson, man. I've, I've had an immense respect for Ashawn since his Detroit days. His, his film never lies. Every time he pops up, whether it be like trade, uh, market whether it be a, as a free agent I go and I'm like okay let me go take a look because I get it. it's a position that if you're not a super high-end guy that you can be a guy that's a journeyman and that's just that's just football like that's just sports really you can be a quality journeyman so Ashawn signed with the New York Giants this past offseason and he did not disappoint now look he <laughs> the Giants weren't good but individually, Ashawn had a really good season, man, on a bad Giants team. He had a bunch of career highs and solo tackles, stops, uh, combined tackles, tackles for loss. These are all career highs on a, on a bad team. And mind you, for half of the season, he was doing this as a rotational guy, right? Because Leonard and Dexter Lawrence were there. So let me say this. I don't know, Giant fans, if you're in here, authentic if you're in here, but I have a hard time believing when you look at the Giants' defensive woes, you was looking in that room of Leonard Davis, Dexter Lawrence, or Ashawn Robinson like, yeah, it's they fault. <laughs> yes, indeed. You're absolutely right here. These are these are two Alabama products. But, hey, I, if y'all if y'all were watching this show last year, I was trying to get Ashawn Robinson on this team with Hankins you need multiple dudes 6'4 330 pounds how does he fit Sky now this is an early down plugger this isn't see with 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 Davis I feel like you can you can shade him you can hey get after the passer because it's athleticism he hasn't been asked to do that but Ashawn is an early down plugger man Control the line of scrimmage, push the pocket, get in the backfield. He is your run stopper's run stopper at the position. So when I we'll get to his monies in a minute, but I personally think you can get him in here for lower than what they're projecting because he doesn't add that element of of, of pass rush for real for real. But he adds an element of toughness. He's a know-how guy. I know how big I am on that. This is why. Even if you bring in a, a, a young buck, another rookie, even though you got a young buck on a team, he that guy needs to be a part of the rotation. That's why even when when we were talking about drafting a, a nose tackle last year, I said it's adamant you bring back Hank because you can't rely on that nose tackle by himself. In this case, you plug A. Sean Robinson with a Hankins, and you tell tell Mozzie put that weight back on. You're, now we now we cooking. Now if if Hankins goes down, you're not compromised. 
Now you got three to four defensive tackles with size. That's the other thing, too, man. Like, we got to understand, even with a guy that I, res- I respect, Osa, I respect Ghost, but these guys don't have the size, per se, to, to be down and down outrun guys. Osa goes 6'2", 280, uh, where Golston goes, you know, 6'5". Now I think he's up to like 290-ish, but he doesn't have like the mass or whatnot. These dudes I showed you, they have the the height and they have the width <laughs> to be to be big bodies in the middle, and that's something that, in my opinion, that Ashawn gives you. That's something that I think uh, Davis gives you, and I got a couple more that we'll get to in a second. But I don't think it's gonna cost you a lot. Now he's projected from PFF. Two years, six million average, eight point five million guaranteed. I feel like that's a bit high. Uh, he played on a one-year deal last year for five million dollars. That's kind of where I see an Ashawn Robinson. Like five million, I feel like is going is where it tops off here. Maybe even less. And it's so crazy because I feel like this dude been in the league for like fifteen seasons. I, I do. I just feel like he's been in the league so long. He's only twenty nine. So he's not that old. So maybe he has his age on his side to say, look, I'm not, I'm not 32, 33, 34 years old. A multiple year deal at eight and a half million guaranteed is not going to, to hurt you. Normally a durable dude as well. So I feel like if they wanted to commit multiple years to Ashawn Robinson, absolutely you can. You're only 29 years old. But we know how. We know how it is around here. We know how it is. Hey, we took Mozzie in round one. I, I, we can't be committing multiple years to, to a defense attack. In that case, you signed it for one year, $5 million deals again. Bro, he do look older than 29. He looked older than 29 when he was drafted. Stop. <laughs> he looked older than 29 when he was drafted. So, Ashawn Robinson, we in or we out? Again, I'm, give, I'm trying to give you options where it doesn't hurt you even if you're in. You know what I'm saying? This one a little bit more expensive, though. Davis Davis was going for about four and a half guaranteed. Ashawn's going about um, eight and a half over two years, though. So we've seen Stephen Jones get, get funny with it where, well, we'll give you a two, three-year deal, but we can get up out of that deal after year one, and it only costs us nothing. You know? <laughs> Motherfucker, you look 30. I'm I'm in on on Ashawn. If y'all obviously, if you can't tell here, I I get it. This is not this this is not uh, you know Jones. This is not DJ Reader. This is not Matabuke. This is not Christian Wilkins. But I'm not here to sell you hopium. I did that like four years ago when I my very first free agency primer. Man, there was there was some bigger names on the board, and I kept it realistic too. But it was. Some bigger names, and I was like, this ain't really happening, man. You know, this ain't really happening. Good morning, Bishop Kane. All right, what's good, Scott? What's up with you? Man, I, I, I wish you won't bring your ace on in, man. You know, I've been I've been following you for a couple of years, bro. I like how bro played one yeah. and two. It's like Mozzie, Mozzie, he 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 need 
Like Hankins, that's my boy. Don't get it wrong, but Hankins, OG said he needs somebody yeah. like like a multiple year deal with dude Mozzie even good because he needs somebody to grow on side with. To me, one of Mozzie's flaws when you hear him talking, he always was glorifying Osa's game. Oh, that's not your game. Like he kept talking about Osa game, and it's like he tried to model his body. Like I don't know if Dan Quinn and him was like, yeah, you need to be like Osa. Well, like. <clears throat> If we if we listen to McClay, you know, I think McClay before the season, maybe during camp, maybe even during the season, I can't remember if it was during, but he kind of unprovoked talked about how, yeah, you know, we're intrigued with Mozzie Smith's pass rush upside. So I just wonder if they were kind of trying to force this pass rush thing on him because he was a first round pick. Remember, even with Micah, when Micah was drafted, uh, you know, allegedly in the room, they were Jerry Jones was asking, "Well, can he give me pass rush stuff?" And Dan Quinn was like, "Yeah, I, I'm not saying he can be defensive end, but I can I can rush him." And then we know the rest is history. They put him at defensive end, and he became an All Pro. Uh, well, I shouldn't say became because he was one his rookie year, but he was one of the best in the league. So I wonder if they were in that room. The audio that we did not see was, "Hey, yeah, Mozzie can give us X Y Z, but he also can give us A B C in the pass rush department." And they were trying to maybe trying to speed that process up, and it backfired on. Right, and uh, another thing I wanted to add, because like really, like yeah, we talking about all these guys, but we gotta fix. Like, like I mean, but we gotta fix Mozzie, man. So I was I, like, I, I just want to know realistically, because I know that's not healthy to be losing weight and gaining weight and look like like. Yeah. How long will it take to get Mozzie back to that three thirty three at least three at least three twenty? Like that's bare minimum. How long like would it take like another one season? And I and also I wanna piggyback on the last person you was talking about, Davis, like it kinda give me a little bit more more uh optimism about Mozzie just cause like like people people don't understand and I know we get caught up in that first round hype, but like, yo man, D Chaco do take a minute to get you know what I'm saying? Adjusted to the league. He ain't Aaron Donald in him. Like, it's going to take a little second. Well, <clears throat> I think what we need to do, or, or would, I don't want to say they, what needs to happen is he, he, he has to uh, get right mentally. You know? I feel like that's something that, that, that he might have been struggling with year one, and that, and that could have, you know, attributed to some of the weight loss there. So I don't know if there's anything we can like. I know we we, we joke about it and everything, right? Kiki, he he. I don't I don't think it's as simple as hey, go to Whataburger, even though we play around. Go to Wingstop. Go to Canes. I don't know if it's as simple as that because he is an NFL player now. They have dietary programs where they can they know how to put that off season peanut butter on. But I do think uh, there there's there's something from a mental standpoint, and I kind of brought it up in you know in passing. But I don't know. Did you see that storage video? Now again, I, I'm alleged, allegedly it's Mozzie Smith's storage room, um, because I, I don't know how true this is, but but the video's out there. Allegedly, it's Mozzie Smith's storage room that he kind of let he, he wasn't paying, and uh, some dude. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, bro. A lot of stuff. There's a safe in there. His, his cleats, his playbook, his collections. There's a whole lot of stuff, and um, so that leads me to believe, man, this is this is this is beyond eating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, Plus some that, other that, things. That that's I was really saying. what I was, really what I was scared of. I was hoping that it wasn't no mental thing uh-huh. because, because both, 
man, because I, 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 man coming out, man, bro, like, bro, he still, he, he, he got it, like, a year did change you and can change you, but he's oh, he still yeah. the same person up inside. Like, man, the dude really was a dog in Michigan. Like, they just didn't use him right. Not even Michigan. I'm talking about the Cowboys. Like, they got they, – they did not – they did, man, they failed, bro. Like, just to be honest, like I hate to say it, like, they, they failed, bro, as far as this rookie season. Now, maybe Zim can come through and clean it up. And I hate that he got to get change coordinators in the next year, but it really the whole defensive staff, but I mean, I don't hate that'll it. Help him. I don't hate it at all. Some, yo, sometimes I change mean, I just is hate, good. I just hate that he didn't get drafted by this staff. If, if, if you feel like I, re, I, I like continuity. I like people to learn, stay around, get comfortable around people like, ooh, ooh, ooh. but yeah, like I just, I just feel like Mozzie, bro. I, I, that's my I boy, know, man. Bro. I hope he gets his shit together, man. He, cause I hate to see, I hate to see another taco. Cause I look I feel like taco right now. I feel like that's what we're looking at. Nah, it, to keep it a bean, and I hate to say this, tacos wasn't wasn't even this bad in regards to production. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, go go look at it. I mean, t- t- tacos deal, t- tacos deal was more fit in that locker room. Uh, it, production right, right. wise, he as of a rotational dude. I mean, he he was more productive than Mozzie, but. Yeah, this 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 seems to be even worse. But this is one year. I'm not ready to judge him. I just mentally, I hope that he he bounces back from from this this season. For sure, so, for sure. So. Appreciate you taking the car, dog. Yep, no doubt. Appreciate you, man. For real. If you go look at go look at talk. I mean, because that we we that's why I hate grading helmet. Even though we was talking about this on Vach's show. Uh, there's instances where grading the helmet makes sense, right? Defensive backs at Alabama. I'm I'm grading a goddamn helmet. I mean, if you a first round talent, defensive back, yeah, you might miss like the dude who went to the Jets. But for the most part, you get some quality type guys. Um, but we're we are we are scorned and we are burned because we could have TJ Watt. So when we look at the whole taco thing, we think Michigan players know we don't want it. Get out of here. Um and then this this talk this thing happened, and the first thing that popped up was Taco. But if you go look at Taco early, it wasn't this bad. Um, <clears throat> but I, again, I think this is more of a mental thing. You know, D- D- Dallas is not. See, it's all fun and games till you get here. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Okay. You know. Okay. This media different, this fan base different. They they will turn on you like this. We're seeing it with our best players. The coverage. I ain't just talking about the na- the, the local media. I'm talking about the national media. It's different. It's all funny games on draft day. You holding up that? I'm glad to be a. Mm-hmm. Then you get here. Fan, we ain't even giving you six games. <laughs> Boy, that, that, uh, where's my where's my thing at? Wait, wait. Where's it at? With the thirty, with the twenty fourth pick in the twenty twenty three NFL Draft, the Cowboys select Mozzie Smith. Oh my God, bro! Oh hell no! Fuck, man. Get your ass.
Bust. Get him out of here. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a whole different game, bro. Like, you gotta be built different. You know what I'm saying? And and then when you a first round pick at that, oh, the pressure, a whole different ball game, big dog. And they put that pressure on him, you know. Um, they brought back Hank, but 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 Mozzie clearly first round pick. You know, this is this day and age, they not waiting for you. You know, this isn't no. They talk about draft and develop, draft and develop. They talk about your fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh rounders. Them first couple picks, they like draft and your ass is playing now, and you better contribute. And I'm talking about the fans. And if you don't, get up out of here after year one. So I do think the pressure might have gotten to him a little bit, and and now I now I, what I don't want to speak on is what that pressure did to him. Cause come on, man, something clearly is is is, is an issue beyond just me just going on a when I say me, I'm Ozzy Smith going on a Jenny Craig diet. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> tell me when I'm telling lies. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Give him a, I'm giving him a chance, lost. Look, I'm not even. I hated the damn second round pick, and I love the Mozzy pick. I'm not giving up on either one of them dudes. Not after one season. Yeah, come on now. But the, I'm understanding the frustrations for sure. Even my own frustrations with um, Schoolmate. Hated the pick. He didn't need it. He here now though, right? Um, and let's see a year or two jump for the kid. Let me get back into this and then we'll, we'll uh, get back to the phones. I got you. So my third guy on the list again we're kind of increasing here from from a number standpoint but this one kind of plateaus a little bit however of the three i feel like he's the most successful one and we're not talking about him I'm talking about daquan jones so the cowboys didn't get a chance to play against daquan jones he was out with an injury at that point um, when they went up against him. In fact, he missed a whole lot of games. He tore his pectoral muscle and only played 17 games. So his numbers are going to look pretty low. But when you really go dive into the numbers, it's actually impressive. He only played seven games, had four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, 16 tackles, right? And before he got hurt, he was leading all interior defenders through four weeks in pressure rate. Hmm. It ain't no thing. That ain't that ain't what we want, man. Man, he was leading all interior defenders in pressure rate through week four. Then he got hurt, and he missed a whole lot of ball. He's a whole lot of ball, and he came back. Uh, I don't know if he was quite the same. You read some things about him that could be not that that may be the case. He maybe wasn't the same, but you know, you tore your pectoral muscle. And you're still playing in the same season. It's kind of crazy. So now I have all offseason to get healthy and get back out there. Here's the thing with Daquan Jones. He's going to be the oldest guy on this list. He's 32 years old. Been around for 10 seasons. You want to talk about a, a quality season vet? That is Daquan Jones. 133 starts under his belt. My man just talked about on the phone when he wants to get him 
a veteran around Mozzie to like I thought Mozzie should have been hanging around Hankins more than hanging around Osa, but you know, that's interesting nonetheless. And before last year happened, I mean the dude played. It wasn't like he was he's an injury prone guy. He played at least six hundred snaps four straight seasons. So he was playing a lot and he played in a in a in my opinion, a good defense with Buffalo. So where would he fit? This is another guy that's six foot four, three twenty, three twenty plus. But with him, he he in my opinion, he kind of more mirrors what you could do with Davis, right? You could you could line him up at the one tech, you can line him up at zero, or you could shade him uh from a one tech, three tech standpoint. You can line him up at zero as a nose tackle. But and he but he's got some pass rush to him. You know, Michael has said something like, Yeah, we want to get a, a big 330-pound guy that could also give you some juice as a rusher. He can do that, even for his age, man. He can he can still get after. And he's got the size and ability to still be a quality player in the run. So when you go look at how how much is it going to cost, guy? Because that's what it comes down to, right? Here comes the money. Here we go. PFF projects him at one year, six million dollars. Now with that pectoral injury, I I do wonder if it'll cost him a little bit. Last year, he played on like a $7 million deal. I don't think he'll cost you $7 million again. 32 years old. He's up there. I think this could be right around that Ashawn Robinson. One year, four, five million, six tops. But PFF is saying one year, six million. I think Spotrack was saying one year, 6.8. Either way, you're not talking about none of these guys. You're talking about long-term deals. You're talking about... High guarantees. Every last one of these dudes fits under the Catboy criteria in one way or another, but they also fit what Mike Zimmer wants to do. So Daquan Jones, to me, is another one that I'd be in on here, man. I just would. I think he would fit Mike Zimmer's scheme like a glove. Now, if you notice, I haven't quite showed you the 355 and the the 346 guys, there's not a whole bunch of those that I would argue are, are quality in, in, in free agency. But there's a bunch that, that roam around that 320 plus and they have the, the length, 6'7", 6'4", 6'4", right? You do need that kind of combination when you look at how Mike Zimmer likes to attack it. And if you're going to be on the shorter side, you better come with it. You better be 315-ish plus. So of the three Catboy criterias, now that I got them all here, Alpha Mason, he was like, hey, man, let me just see what else you got for me here. If you could only pick one of these, who you got? Putting y'all on the spot right now, man. Hey, Rolo, he, he signed, he'll sign you right now. Zim will sign you right now. You, it's not you right now, big dog. Who you got, man? Raekwon Davis, Ashawn Robinson, Daquan Jones. John likes Robinson. Joe likes Jones. Robinson or Davis, that is. Hank Davis and Robinson would be ridiculous. Hank, Hank Davis and Robinson. So all three. Let me tell you why. 
I'm really intrigued with Davis, y'all. Anthony G. Davis, Benjamin Davis, starting to see some Davis. I'm intrigued with Davis. I might look, I'll take anyone to do. Here's why I'm intrigued with him. Because I feel like he got some versatility to his game. Sounds strange because he don't got a bunch of he don't have a bunch of sacks. But I don't know what his combine or pro day numbers were. And I don't remember him in college. I don't remember studying him or anything like that. Oscar, maybe you could fill me in on this one. But just from what I was watching the other day, he he just gives off athlete, but also the physical presence, right? He gives off, he still gives off the 6'7", 335 stature. Yes, can he play a little bit high? Sure. But I feel like some coaching, Dan Quinn's, Scanina, this scheme, there, there, there seems to be some versatility to his game where he can go inside out. Meaning, when I say inside out, he's always going to be inside. But I mean, you know, zero or, or shaded and give you some juice. So I just think that Davis is the most interesting one to me. And, and then when you think about he's 26. So if you if you sign him, right, say you get him to a, that two-year deal and you hope he breaks out. Like, you hope he has, like, a Jason Hatcher type of season. I remember, J, J Hat, Jason Hatcher was getting, like, two or three sacks, and then next thing you know, 11. It's another guy who's six foot seven, 300 plus. So Davis intrigues me the most, but if I don't want intrigue, if, if, if I want to be comfortable... Than, than, than Robinson and Jones. Because Robinson and Jones, you know what you're getting with those dudes. You know they're going to come in. Robinson's going to shut down the run, stop the run. And Daquan Jones gives you that veteran presence that can give you uh, can give you both. I looked, I looked at Tim Settle. They're on the smaller side, I believe, though. I was trying to, I was trying to stay in this threshold. You know what I'm saying? The big boys. He's trying. But I but I can dig it, Willie T. Let's get the 903. Uh oh. Wait, 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 wait. Now nah, I got you, 903. What's up, man? All right, I'm unmuted. Yeah. Oh, what's up, man? It's E. E? Yeah. E who? E, what's your name on YouTube so I can put you in? Uh, I got me as Eric. Eric Banks, actually. But, you know. oh, okay, we just call you. We just call you E. What's good, E? Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot better. Anyway, uh, I'm a, I'm really on with uh, Resign and Hakins and bringing in Ashawn, but I think you could probably get Ashawn and Davis at a fairly okay deal. I mean, it might. It might cripple you from getting another free agent, but I really think that, you know, the defensive line or the defensive tackles are really important. Yeah, yeah, 100%. De- de- definitely in this game. Yeah. yeah. And um, what I was uh, what I was really thinking oh, I is... Uh, I got a toxic, I got an e-harmony joke for you. Not a joke, but a story. Go uh, ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see that. Uh, I, I go by E from um, Entourage. I've always been since he was Eric also. So somebody told me to watch Entourage uh, after I watched Ballers, and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. 
Yeah, all ballers is is entourage, but with athletes. That that's 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 what I that's why they was like, hey, watch entourage because that's basically what it's like. See, for me, I came up in. I don't know if you know the show, The Game. So when I was watching Entourage, or sorry, when I was watching Ballers, I was like, hey, this is like a rated R version of The Game, the show, The Game. Okay. Yeah, I never watched The Game. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I guess I'll have to check that out. Um, but no, the um, I was just want to know. Let's uh play a little uh. Un- very highly unlikely situation, but uh, just want to you know uncheck the uh, the salary cap in Madden and all that real quick. <laughs> okay, hey, we... give you what my dream scenario. What, what my dream scenario is without you know anybody is would be if I could, I would love to see if the Chargers really were to release Joey Bosa. I'd love to see Dallas pick him up and be able to. You can move Michael Parsons anywhere in that defense to. Anywhere, you got him send pressure. Okay, okay. And then okay. I'd like to, and I'd also like to bring in, you know, I mean, I know it's un, it's still back into the very highly unlikely situations. Is uh, I'd like to bring Chris Jones in since he's going free agent. Him oh, and so you know, both of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, I mean, we, could we, you imagine having those two? We're definitely checking off the to the salary cap. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're turning, yeah, we're turning off the salary cap off. button. But I mean, I'm just, I just was. Looking at that, or just looking at those possible free agents, and I was like, "Could you imagine having just those two guys with the presence of Michael Parsons being able to like rush from anywhere mm-hmm. on that field?" Well, let me let me. Can I, mean, I give you? Can I give you an alternate to Joey Bosa since we're living in this fantasy world? Sure. Let me give you an alternate because Joey Bosa is going to get hurt, bro. I, so I'm just not trying to deal. Yeah, with you're that. exactly right about so that. So unless you tell me we could turn off injuries, then in a different story. But Daniel <laughs> Daniel Hunter though. Like that's that I th- I feel like if we gonna turn off the cap, go ahead and just go get me Daniel Hunter because I know I can I know he gonna play for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the only thing I like better is I like how Bosa plays the run better. That's the only difference in the two. But I do like Daniel Hunter. Hunter, you know, he, he Hunter. Like don't sleep on him against the run either. But I feel you. I feel you. Bosa can play the run, but yeah, he he gonna play the run for four games. <laughs> then he's gonna be yeah. out. Yeah, he's gonna play for four games. <laughs> he's gonna play for four games, and then you'll just bring in someone else. Yeah, but, and then um, he'll yeah, come back I'm, in week I'm seventeen. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all in for the uh, bringing of uh, uh, Ashawn and uh, Davis in, along with Hankins. I think you could have all three. I think it's a real world scenario too that it could actually happen. I don't. I don't think it's far fetched because. Uh, because yeah. if you look at Hank, Hank played for like one point five million. He didn't even play for two million. He played for a very small contract. I think he played play for another yeah. small contract again. So you could look at Hank and just say, yeah, he's here, but his his money's not going to affect us from adding one or two more. Yeah, yeah, Hankin's definitely that guy. I think he likes where he's at, and he's not really. I don't think he's really keen on having to move again. So I think he really likes it, and he's willing to take somewhat of a team friendly deal. Maybe not like super right. team friendly, but at least. Decent. No, I, I, I look. I, I'd be shocked if he's get, if he if he signs for anything more than than two and a half, three tops. Like I feel like he knows yeah. his place. He's thirty two now, something like that. He he, he made some. Yeah. He's a first round. Was he first round pick? He made his money. Put uh, it that way. He signed a big contract. I yeah. don't think Hank is looking for a payday. Right, and then if we had to go to the draft to pick one up, I think Byron Murphy is my guy. Man, look, Byron Murphy. Um, I know Robinson is more. I don't know if he'd be available. Edge, but yeah, the, the, now look, you know, you know, 
You know Dallas likes to draft these hurt dudes. And old boy from, was it, Illinois? Newton? Just got hurt. Not hurt, mm-hmm. but he just got surgery. You know, but I doubt they're going to take a defensive tackle. That early. But Byron Murphy fall to you. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough I mean, to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. That's that to me might be the best player in the entire draft too. Ooh. All right. E. Well, I mean, e. at his position. I'm sorry. <laughs> at his position. I, I guess I need to put that in there. Yeah. 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 He he he's, seems to be consensus one yeah. for that position. Yeah. Hey, appreciate the call, though, E. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, take care, man. Y'all have a good one. You as well. Yeah. I remember them days, man. Turning off the the Madden. I, psh, Joey Bosa's interesting. He, he's a fine player, but he gets hurt too much. Daniel Hunter. He was. He used to get hurt, too, a little bit. But he's coming off a big one. But, man, if you Bosa and Jones on the same defense, I'm like, shit. The, the amount of talking I would do knowing damn well one of them is getting hurt but I'm trying to stay in in, in this kind of realm here try to bring the fat boys back Shouts out to my stepfather, man. <laughs> try to bring one of these in, man. Ain't too many of them out there, though. There's not. So I'm trying to find a combination of, the, of this version, the, you know, this era. So let's get back to it. This last one, I told you, we're kind of increasing a little bit. Raekwon Davis should be on the lower end. Ashawn should still be on the lower end, but the higher of it. Daquan kind of plateaus these three, or these two. This next one, though. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. I'm going to cost you a little bit. But we're talking about our all-in now. Betty. Pop lock. There he is. Grover Stewart. Now get through this one as quickly as possible. Grover Stewart, man, he's the one that is a very popular name out there right now, and for good reason. For very good reason. He he can bring it, man. He can bring it in multiple facets of the game. A former fourth round pick out of Albany State, and if you're out of Albany State, you know if you get drafted, especially you know top 100 or so, you get drafted, you gonna have to work your ass off. Right, and he did that. Well, listening to one of his coaches, he's like, "Hey, man, the player he is now is is because of the work he put in to get here." Right, he credits him more than he credits the actual coaching, and I love to hear that. Now, here's the problem: man. he might have to credit them damn PEDs too. <laughs> he got suspended last year for six games because uh, he was on he was on a juice. Right, he was on a juice, but. Even before that, if you go look at his history, he's he's always been a quality or he's turned himself into a quality, reliable defensive present presence, I'm sorry, for the Indianapolis Colts. 
Now, the last five games when he did come back, throughout the whole season, 41 tackles, five tackles for loss, 24 stops. But he missed a good chunk of that, that middle part, right? The last five games of the season, my man's had 11 stops, six pressures, 12 tackles. And check out this little nugget right here for PFF. I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all, but just take a listen. Indianapolis ranked in the top half of the NFL in expected points allowed per rush with Grover Stewart on the field. When he was off the field, they were dead last. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Grover Stewart could be one of those all-in type of characters. And we'll look at the money that they're asking on PFF. You're looking at roughly 11. And that's why he's considered our all-in character. Because he's not he's not from the Dollar General. He ain't from Target either. It's going to cost you a little bit of money. With that said, it's that time, Cowboys Nation. Lock in with our guy Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com for this week's version of The Scientific Method. What's good, Pat? What's good, my brother? It's Friday. We're talking Cowboys football. Can't complain, man. At all. And you know what? I'm just saying, I'm starting to dig these Fridays. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying, I'm just a little nudge. Just trying to, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I knew, I knew that that would, that statement would come back around. You done gave me an inch and I'm taking a mile. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. You planted that seed a couple times already. I'm like, man. So every now, every time. That either you or I have to push the Fridays. The first thing that pops in my head, I'm like, he ain't slick. He ain't slick. It's either he ain't slick, or if it's on me, I'm like, God, this is just gonna enable. This is gonna enable him. You're an enabler. <laughs> just it's okay. You're an enabler. It's all yeah, good. I'm an enabler, but you know what? And there, there are worse things to be an enabler about. This is facts. So, you know, if, this is if facts. a one day push on our on our hit is uh is that no big deal. No this, big deal. this is facts, man. <laughs> But check it. Oh, by the way, and you know what? I'll bring this up later towards the end. But let's let's get into today's topic, and and we're talking defensive tackles. I hit you up and I said, "Hey, man, we've been on the same page lately." I'm talking DTs today. Yep. You just dropped your DT article, looking at the outlook, and I'm like, "Bam, perfect timing." You know, let's 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 get Pat's thoughts yep. on this defensive tackle room, and that's kind of where I want to start. Where it stands currently right now, you can review it as well because there's a couple guys that are not obviously. Uh, under contract but just kind of your overall thoughts on the room in 2023 and an outlook and the outlook on some of the players that aren't under contract i mean i think the defensive tackle room is in trouble as we have this conversation because as we have this conversation you don't have a big body nose tackle under contract because jonathan hankins is set to hit free agency if a deal isn't agreed to before he does uh same goes for neville gallimore um, who is uh, less valuable than Hankins is, however, still a quality rotational piece. He's hitting free agency if a deal isn't done. So really, when you look at it, I mean, Chauncey Golston, promising young talent, but going into a contract year, and he hasn't had his breakout season yet. With You know, the jury is out on uh, what Maji Smith is going to look like in 2024 under Mike Zimmer. Are yeah. you going to take him to you know, go to Corral and, and just give him Jerry's credit card and, and tell him to get that weight back up? 
or as our guy Vox likes to say, give him the peanut butter, right? Um, is he going to be a three? Is he going to be a one as far as his technique is concerned? We don't know. So, you know, the only thing that you can look at, you can point at in the defensive tackles room and say, that dude is a him, and we know we got him, and we're solid on him, is Osa. It's Osa Digizua. That's the only one. But then even still, I mean, Osa's going into a contract year as well. So, mm-hmm. however you look at it, the defensive tackle room for the Cowboys is in almost as poor shape as the linebacker room. The only difference is is that there are actually defensive tackles that are still in the building until they, you know, potentially leave in free agency, whereas the linebacker room, you got two actual linebackers. One is Buddy Johnson. Um, sorry, yeah, you're buddy. in trouble there. But defensive t- – yeah, sorry, buddy. No, no shade at all, but, you know, it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't. But from a from a defensive tackle standpoint, I mean you're you're almost as um, bad. You're almost as in such a bad spot as the linebacker room. And for me, Pat, this has been an ongoing thing for a better part of a decade or so. Uh, I've said this a lot here over the years. I think the Cowboys have not had a consistent force at the position. This is no disrespect to the, the David Irvings and the Osas of the world because I think Osas' trajectory is is great. He's he's continued to ascend, but he's not the quite the force that uh, Jay Ratliff was at a consistent basis. And we haven't had that yet, you know, since Jay left. And at first it was under Rob Marinelli. He didn't care about really the quality of the player or the size of the player. He just was like, just give me orphans and I'll make it work. And then Dan Quinn gets here and Dan's like, you know what? We need to emphasize size. So he started to put his DNA, you know, on the defensive tackle position. Mike Zimmer is now here. And you look at Mike's history. He has a specific type. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Zimmer making an imprint on this front? <laughs> I, as you know as well as I do, uh, Zimmer's defenses feature two things typically. Um, outstanding linebacker play and big boys up front. So I fully expect that in the Mike Zimmer administration, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. One year, two years, depends on the McCarthy equation and all of that. But in the, in the Zimmer administration to come, I fully see him looking at the situation and saying we need more beef up front. Like, absolutely. Now, does that mean that it's by way of Jonathan Hankins? I'm a huge fan of re-signing Jonathan Hankins, absolutely. But there are also bigger names and more impactful names to be had as well. So if we're talking about going all in, right, this is where I start calling the Cowboys bluff, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to put it. You know, I did it at in the wide receivers piece of the open market section, um, and I'm doing it again at the defensive tackles piece because, yeah, you could re-sign Jonathan Hankins, and that would be a quality re-signing. He, he would absolutely help you. You saw what the run defense looked like without him before he came, and you saw what it looked like with him. So huge fan of Jonathan Hankins. However, is Jonathan Hankins Chris Jones? No. 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 Um, is Jonathan Hankins, you know – Wilkins, say Leonard Williams, Leonard Williams, yeah, Wilkins, no. Williams, no, no. So again, this is not to to knock Hankins at all. Again, big fan of Hankins, and he he's a quality piece that you would like to keep around. But that being said, if you want to go balls to the wall, it, it's it's a guy like Chris Jones, it's a guy like Christian Wilkins, uh, and you mentioned Grover Stewart, it's a guy like Grover Stewart, right? Yeah. Um. So even if it's a combination of you keep Hankins on a one-year deal and still go boss to the wall on a guy like Jones. And I mean, just imagine this. Think about this for a second, Stu. Think about this and contain your excitement if you can. <laughs> Think about if the Cowboys added Chris Jones 
um, to this to this formula that has Micah and Tank on the bookend with Hankins in rotation. Oof. And we, that's even before we talk about the linebackers. But just where are you running the ball? Yeah. And and not just that. When do you have time to pass? Yeah, the ball? there you go. Because we know what Chris Jones. <laughs> We know what Chris Jones can do from the interior as a pass rusher. And then the beauty of Chris Jones is he can do it at the edge as well mm-hmm. when you want to go switch up to a three-man front you know, time and again. So I tell that to say you have plenty of options, which we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But under the Zimmer administration, uh, I think he picks up where Dan Quinn left off in convincing the Cowboys that, hey, you got to have big boys on the defensive interior, which is something that didn't exist before Quinn. But I do think Zimmer takes it to another level. Yeah, you, you mentioned some of, some of the, the bigger names, and, and rightfully so. Uh, kind of left out Matabuke there, who's probably going get, to get some bread. You said Leonard Williams. Yeah, Matabuke. Who, who we got? Matabuke, DJ Reader. <laughs> Reader. Yeah, know, I mean. I mean, there are names out there, dude. There are names out there, but we also have to be aware of, uh, you know, who's paying these. D- Here comes the money. Yeah. Here we go. Money talks. <laughs> Here comes the money. I'm just saying, you know, Steve. <laughs> Is Steven doesn't like to pay these guys, but but oh, let's man. just let's just talk about some free agent names to watch for you. We can we can go as far as Chris if, yeah. Chris Jones if you want, or we can kind of you know what names are realistic for you. Well, first of all, um, kudos on using the Shane O'Mac music. <laughs> so so there's that. Um, I knew, I knew <laughs> so you'd like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So let's use it as a segue. Let's talk about this uh, this elimination chamber of candidates for the Cowboys. Oh, see, y'all right? know that was that was so, dope right there. Yeah, hey, you know, um, bars. But if you start with Chris, you have to start with Chris Jones, right? So you have to start with Chris Jones, and he's an, an incomparable talent, future Hall of Famer, still very much in his prime. Um, I don't want to hear a damn thing about his age. This dude is it. He is him times him times him. You get Chris Jones, okay, now I believe you. You're all in. Not just that, your defensive line is just now it's monstrous. It's going from, yeah, okay, it can be solid to holy crap. Problem is, and this is where you insert a Ted DiBiase quote, <laughs> everybody has a price. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris jo- and Chris Jones' price, you talk about Grover Stewart's price, Chris Jones' price, you- you're either going to pay it or you're not getting them, and it's not going to be cheap. So that's where you, you start to go to uh, other options who won't be cheap or to be less expensive but still quality. So guys I mentioned like Christian Wilkins, he would be less expensive, and he's younger. He's 28 years old, so you'll get more life out of him as far as the, the possible length of the deal. Probably not going to uh, – I mean, you might get Chris Jones on like a full year, which I would be fine with even with his age considering how he's playing, but more realistically speaking – if you're going to give out a four or five year deal, you prefer it to be like a 28, 27, 26 year old. So then that brings me to like Christian Wilkins. He's doing great things down there for the Dolphins, coming off of a, a breakout, a career season, nine sacks last year, forced fumble, two fumble recoveries. Uh, a name that the Cowboys and Cowboys fans know well, and Leonard Williams, from his time spent with the uh, the New York Giants, uh, would love to have you know Leonard Williams in the middle of the Cowboys defensive line. That's another one. Uh, you talk about Matabuke. I think that he's one that. Uh, for whatever reason, people are not talking about. And I don't know if it's because they're scared to try to pronounce his last name. Um, <laughs> but I feel like if you can get past Igbenogany, you can get past Matabuke, okay? Um, but, yeah, he he's done phenomenal things up there in Baltimore. And, you know, it, 
they've also made it easy for him because when you have Roquan and, and Patrick with a C behind you yeah. doing those those all pro things, it makes it easier for your defensive line. But okay, so then you look at the Cowboys and say, hey, get him some linebackers to help him excel like he did in, in Baltimore. So that's another name. DJ Reader. Um, I'm kind of like I mentioned in the article, I'm kind of uh, 50-50 on Reader. Uh, he's definitely quality. I, I think he deserves to be on the list. Um, but there are a couple of things that worry me about him, injury being the main thing. And hmm. the last thing the Cowboys need is an availability issue. But when Reader is healthy, oh, absolute right. animal, yeah. 100%. 100%. But the problem is, is we saw what happened when the Cowboys went down. I mean, they showed some resiliency, but at the same time, they cannot afford to lose more key guys going forward, especially in a year like 2024. So you need a guy that's going to be durable um, as much as he is impactful. But Reader still belongs on this list. And then I have honorable mentions. Go ahead. Can I sell you on his teammate real quick before we get to the rest of the free agents? Can I sell you on, on his teammate B.J. Hill as a potential trade guy? Because B.J. Hill, was him and Reader, when they played you, together. You can, you can, but here's the problem. I can't talk trade. Ah, that's, you know what? Trade, Bef- trade, pretend trade, I ain't trade, saying none of that. What? Trade? We talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A trade? Yeah, that's what I mean. Trade you a plumber? So, um, anyway, for, go ahead. For, for, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> But um, just just for clarity, for those that are listening out there, and, and thanks for tapping in to the scientific method. Just so you know, because I am um, tagged by the team, right? I can only speak about expiring contracts. I can't speak about trade options because that can be viewed as tampering by the opposite team. And I don't want to be the reason the Cowboys lose draft picks. So no, can you we're not going to talk about trade <laughs> targets. But let me just say, I smell what the bloodline is cooking, <laughs> and I don't disagree with his teammates. Fair enough. Just just, we're that. just going to leave it at that, Pat, because I'll be damned yeah, if I get a call from Pat that. talking about, hey, you better right, right. pull up, Sky, because now I'm – no, 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 no. We cool. I do not want to be a headline on Twitter. You know, no see the reason the Cowboys lost, um, you know, three comp picks or some weird shit like that, so no. Um, but I got other names as well. I mean, if you want to go – um, veteran that's comparable to Jonathan Hankins that, that could be seen as a slight upgrade, but age-wise, he's still there. Kalias Campbell's still playing at a high level. Uh, if you want to come oh, back yeah. to the younger side, Jav- Javon, yeah, Javon Kenlaw, he's right there. He's a little bit inconsistent, though, but Tier Tart, uh, that's a name that pops out to me as well. You mentioned Grover Stewart, great name there. Sheldon Rankins, I still think Sheldon Rankins has some good value. Shelby Harris, he had an up-and-down uh, his up and down young career right now, but I feel like under the right tutelage, i.e. Mike Zimmer, he can prosper really. And then if you really just want to go full petty, you look at Fletcher Cox and you say, what do you got, dude? Like one <laughs> more year, you're still playing at a high level. It, it, come do the Jason Peters thing. Come do the Jason Peters thing, right? So, I mean, my my point is, is what did we just rattle off? Like close to 10, and I didn't even name all of them that's in the yeah. article. Yeah, there is no, no, no reason the Cowboys should not be or find themselves in position to grab one or two of these impactful defensive tackles to drop in in between Tank and Micah and and really start to prosper. Uh, So we have – there's tiers to this. There's levels to this. So Chris Jones, tier one. And then um, tier two – Guys like Christian Wilkins and DJ Reader, Leonard Williams, uh, Matabuke. If you come out of free agency with none of these names, you're not all in, and you won't be able yeah. to convince me that you are. 
Listen, man, if you and I said this before, if you don't come out of this free agency with at least one from of a defensive tackle and linebacker, then you you might as well look at this as a not a rebuilding year, but we just thrown in a towel type of year because you're not serious to me. That's just how I feel. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And speaking of linebackers, that's that's uh, that's coming. That's next. Perfect. <laughs> that's, Perfect. Uh, that's 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 actually what it is next. So, man, see, that, come on, talk about the segue, man. Oh, last yeah, thing, la- last thing, uh, before I let you go, because I know you got a busy day ahead. Um, you you waking up at, at three o'clock in the morning tomorrow for elimination chamber? Fact, <laughs> fact, fact. What is that? Listen, come am, on, man. I am so I am so furious at them for making me make this decision. But I tell you what, and I know there are people out there saying, "Oh well, no, see, just watch the replay. That don't hit the same." Nah. I don't want to wake up to spoilers. Because y'all, yep. y'all don't know how to not put spoilers online. You can't keep things to yourself. Nope. I don't know why. So I'm, I'm not going to let you ruin my day. Nope. So what I'm probably going to do, I have an alarm set just in case I fall asleep. But truth be told, I'm probably going to just try to stay up and I'm going to get some Call of Duty in. So if anybody want to tap in with me on the Call of Duty, my, um, my PSN tag is the same as my Twitter handle, at Voice of the Star. And if you want my specific um, Activision um, hashtag and whatnot, just send me a, a notification, or reply to me, mention me on Twitter, and I'll, I'll screenshot it to you. So either way, I'm going to be up with those Australians watching me some Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Facts. So, fact. I, I'll probably be hitting you up then because ain't nobody else going to be up, so I'll probably be hitting you up when we're watching this thing. Oh, yeah, you, you'll be up too. Yeah. And oh, I'll be yeah. Anybody who has my notifications on are gonna wait and, don't, and doesn't watch wrestling, they're going to wake up in the morning and hate me because I'm going to get this Come on, chill, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this in. You might you might want to turn those notifications off tonight and turn them back on like tomorrow around noon. If you don't like wrestling, if you love wrestling, keep them on. Let's talk. Oh yeah, talk. oh yeah. All right, man. That's Patrick No C Walker of DallasCowboys.com. Appreciate you as always, bro. And uh, you have a fantastic weekend, brother. Yes, sir. Talk to you next Friday. <laughs> hey, hey. He said it, not me. He said it, I not did, me. I said it. Holding you to it. I said it, man. Appreciate you, bro. This week's edition of the Scientific Method, man, we even gave y'all a little bit of wrestling for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about. So, Elimination Chamber, which is a, uh, what do they call it, a PLE now? It's not, it's not called pay-per-views no more. I'm, I still call them pay-per-views. Pay-per-view just feels big, right? Pay-per-view. They're called PLEs now. Uh, it's one of the PLEs, premium live events. But they're doing it in Australia, and they're doing it in Australian local time, which means it starts at 5 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Dallas, 2 o'clock Pacific. Man, that's crazy. But he right, man. Like I usually try to catch these things live. Every time somebody says, because this is the first time they start at a weird time. Sometimes they start at 11 or 1 or depending where they're at. And I'm like, nah, I got to catch it live because if I don't catch it live, I get all the spoilers. And I ain't worried about that. So, And my man, uh, who was it? <laughs> G said I'm be asleep. See, here's a trick, G. See, ever since I met my wife, I go to sleep mad early now. Mad early. Vach texted me a couple days ago at like nine something. I woke up middle of the night-ish. And I was like. Damn, why are you texting me so late? I didn't know what time it was. So I looked over and I was like, oh, he texted me at like nine. I was already asleep. I was already knocked out, man. So so I will be asleep early. So that, that'll help me get up early to, to watch this thing. 
But who who was it that brought up Sting? Somebody was in here talking about Sting. There you go. Um, Lunds. Lunds said, can we get a Sting reference since we're nearing his last match a week or two away? Uh, so I've kind of seen that floating around on Twitter. I don't watch AEW as intently as I watch WWE. I watch that weekly. AEW kind of follow it. Um, I don't have a strong current opinion on Sting. My, my, my Sting thought goes back to the 90s, the NWO era, the, the Crow Sting. I do remember the pre-Crow Sting, the, the Ultimate Warrior makeup type looking Sting. But um, another legend, man. He got his little 10 minutes in the WWE and then was up out of there real fast. But I remember the time where it was we never thought we'd see him in the WWE. Uh, he was always going to be a WCW guy. Then when he got here, you know, Hunter kind of did him dirty a little bit because there's always that rivalry, right? Surfer's thing, yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to football real quick, man. Let me close this thing out. Uh, yeah, so y'all want to call in, you got about five minutes to do so. I'm about to give y'all kind of my closing statement on this whole thing. In case you missed it, real quick, these are my three... Free agent primer guys, that's my all-in guy. But these are my three guys here, Raekwon Davis, Aishon Robinson, Daquan Jones. Very bottom, I can say bottom of the barrel, but to be honest, these aren't guys that don't cost you a whole lot of money, but I also think they're quality guys. Just got done talking to Pat, we talked about the big guys, about Matabukes, the Wilkins, and the Joneses. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I ain't mean to set up Pat like that. I completely forgot that the whole trade thing they they can't talk about, so... We ain't trying to get my guy in trouble. So so y'all remind me not to talk about trades with Pat no more. Almost, look, almost had Pat working for A to Z. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Alone. Um, I want to get to my hot take. Presented by Hattie B's. Simple. I'm not going to sit here and make this some difficult thing here. My hot take for this week. Given Mike Zimmer's background, and we showed y'all what that was, right? Specifically in Minnesota. I think the Cowboys will invest in not one, but two heavyweight defensive tackles this offseason. My thinking is that both of them will come via free agency. Not necessarily big names, but the big bodies. But I would not rule out one in free agency and one in the draft. And I know everyone's talking about Sweat, right? That's that's the guy. But there's there's multiple big guys like that. And you can get said heavyweight later on in the draft. So I think they invest in two. One in free agency, one in the draft. But personally, I, I'd, I'd lean more towards both in free agency. And, and maybe because of the Mozzie Smith situation. We don't really know what's going to happen there. Mozzie was not drafted by this regime. Will he add the weight back on and be ready to contribute in that manner year two? Me personally, I'll let that develop, but I'm not going to rely on that. I'm going to bring in some veteran guys that I can rely on, whether that's we can include Hankin, right? We can say Hankins and Robinson. We can say Daquan and Davis. We can say Hankins and Davis. Regardless, I think they will invest in two heavyweight guys. It's that simple. It's in Mike Zimmer's DNA. And that's my hot take presented by Hattie B's. As always, no conversation about the best Nashville style hot chicken. 
is complete without a serious mention of Hattie B's. They are in year, I believe, two downtown in Deep Ellum. If you are in the DFW area, if you are in the Dallas area in general and you work downtown or need somewhere to go, head on down. Nice little setup. It's beautiful there. Y'all see me there set up all the time when we do our Hattie B's each month on location. They've got all types of heat. If you don't like hot, they got mild. If you like hot, they got shut the cluck up, and that's super hot. Make sure I use that link in the description, HattieBees.com. Sign up. Use the A to Z Sports. Or if you want to look out for the teachers around the way, you can do that too, man. Nominate your favorite teacher, and they can win up to $100 in gift cards and a lunch catered up to 100 staff members. That as well is in the description. Each month, they will provide that to the winner that they give out. If you want to help and celebrate and give thanks to the amazing teachers in our area. Some hot take presented by Hattie Beefs. Good stuff today, man. Good stuff. You always say that. Bro. Let me get to these super chats on the way out. That's right. I started late because I'm like, it's already 1020. Started late on purpose because I knew he was getting pat a little late. Y'all probably don't buy that, but I'm serious. Patel brought up LVE, said he wasn't the top three draft in his class. Yeah, should have been. You come out with neck injuries like that, probably shouldn't have been drafted. But let's see, where we at? 23 ski. All right, I got the JR. Let's get the Toxic. You never know what you're going to get with Toxic Super Chat. Super Chat. But he dropped five, and he said, Sky, the sad part is, talking about Schoolmaker, with Schoon is one of our better second round. Oh, I get what you're saying. The sad part is Schoon is one of our better second rounders. Dallas, does Dallas take guys that people are down on to prove they're wrong and we can make them great? Um, so I get what you're saying. He's one of the better, you should say, less risky picks, right? Because you look at the history, the Cowboys view that second round as their risk spot. All right. Who was it? Uh, Randy Gregory. We know he liked to smoke weed. Smoke weed every day. So he drops into the second round because all the failed drug tests. But the talent is crazy. Take him. All right, boom. Sean Lee. We know he's fantastic, but he was super injury prone at Penn State. But he falls to second round. Take him. Jalen Smith. I don't even have a knee. But he was talented in, 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 in Notre Dame. Second round. Take him. And keeps going too. And don't stop right there. You know, boss man fat. We know he liked to be in the booth. You know, this this will boss man fat. Yeah. He liked to be in the booth. You know, really, you know, football's not his first love. He doesn't really care about the sport as much as he cares about his music career. He got talent. Second round. Take him. They love that. They love to do that in the second round. But you are absolutely right. What? Escobar? Diggs. Nah, I ain't gonna do that to Diggs. Diggs, Diggs. Let's not do that. Diggs. Uh, D-Law. There, there wasn't much that came with these guys. D-Law, there was more like size. I think they was worried about his size. But that didn't, that didn't really matter. But off-field stuff, Diggs, uh, D-Law, Escobar. I don't think Martellus had off-field stuff. Martellus was just vocal. 
So from time to time, they grab these guys without off-field issues. But Tristan Hill, another red flag guy. Uh, headache, doesn't take coaching well. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a whole little lengthy list of, of guys they take in that second round. Was Bruce Carter second round too? Injury history guy? Nah, not Pablo, uh, Gavin, but rest in peace. Um, yeah, man. So, so he was definitely a, a quality person, no off field issues, but you can also argue though, for real, if you really want to, and we kind of brought this up last year though, toxic, his would made him a, a second round risky pick might've been buried underneath. Oh, good guy. No problem. Not a headache. Captain America type. His issues were buried underneath. The dude was 37 years old. I mean, I, <laughs> you drafted him. He also had a couple of injuries coming in too. Nobody really was really talking about much, you know, and then that, that happened. That popped up, boom, popped up at camp and he missed some time. And, and that time actually cost him. So there was a little bit of risk there too, though. That's talking about Lyle. Lyle was undrafted. Yeah. It's a good one though. Super chat. Uppercut Cannon. That's a, dope, that's a dope YouTube name. It says, salute, Scott. I don't know much about the DT archetypes. Is John Ridgeway the type of guy we're looking for? And could we get him back realistically? He is. Ridgeway go what, y'all? 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", 320 plus? Ridgeway would have... He would have fit perfectly right here with the... He would have fit perfectly. And you know they can never be whacked. The fat swords are bad. Do you like it? The fat boys. <laughs> <laughs> if I popped my watch, taught me how to how to pop block when I was a boy. Do a little something, Simon. Si. Yeah, do a little something. I can't do it like him. He was in a whole group in the '80s. When I think about hip hop, I think about him. He was hip hop. I didn't see the pictures, the the Kango, the track suits, the you know, all the pop and all that. That that's him. He's hip hop. But yeah, man, he 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 kind of he kind of fit the 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 fat boy cry fat boy criteria. Oh, come on, man. He fit the fat boy criteria. But he ain't here no more, right? And I doubt it. Here's a funny, here, you know what's so crazy? Dan Quinn draft this dude. Dallas trades him to Washington, and Dan Quinn goes to Washington to get him again. Ain't that something? So maybe Dan said, I don't want him, and he traded back to Dallas. I don't know. But he wanted him at first, and and look, he's a he's going to be a better player in year three than he was as a rookie, that's for sure. I remember I was out there during his rookie year uh, at camp, and me and Vosh kept coming back to uh, do the show, and we like, look, I love the potential of this guy. He's got attitude and whatnot, but he's a fifth-round pick for a reason. He was quite literally at the bottom of your defensive tackle depth chart. But that's different now. Now he's got two years of experience. Uh, now Quinn's back, so so I I have I find a hard I have a hard time believing that he will get rid of him unless he's just terrible. You know. Unless he's terrible. One more uh, refresh here. Don't get me pop locking. Boom. 
good to go. All right, Cowboys Nation. Or should I say Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Because if you're here, you're really part of the Bomb Squad, man. We were, we're, we're in the first part of the dog days. There's usually like three dog day parts. There's the right after the Super Bowl before a combine. Then there's after the combine, you get something to talk about a little bit. Then there's right before the draft after free agency. Then there's after the draft where you get that month and a half or wherever they're, they're out. There's no mini camps. There's no OTAs or nothing. It's just done to talk about. So we in the first part of the dog days. And y'all here, man. Y'all rocking with me. I'm trying to give y'all this quality content, man. It's not. It's now, now toxic. Let's relax. But yes. She, she fits the mold. Let me not do that. All right, good stuff. I had fun today. I knew this was going to be a good one. Shouts out to Pat coming through. Shouts out to Hattie B's. Make sure on your way out, if you forgot, because I get it sometimes, you know, we, we just having some fun. If, if you forgot to press the button, or I'm sorry, if you got to hit the like button, go ahead and hit that if you enjoyed the show. Um, no show from Mauricio, so he won't be on. His last show was last night. Uh, he'll be back on Sunday. In the meantime, in between time, I'll be putting together next week's episodes, I think, and I'm going to reach out to my bro, uh, Foots, I think we're going to be talking combine. I think combine starts, measurements and all that on Monday. And we'll get, uh, they'll be doing all these drills and whatnot. So we'll talk about combine a little bit. And then we'll mix in another part of our free agency primer. And, uh, you know, continue to continue to rock. Continue to rock. And eventually, it's coming up shortly. I will be taking a bit of a break, but we ain't there quite yet. Still here. I got y'all, but I'm going to press this button now. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. <laughs> yeah, y'all ain't finna get me canceled. Y'all just have a safe, fun weekend. Don't do nothing I wouldn't do. I'll see y'all on Monday as long as I ain't get Pat fired. Imagine if I get a call from Derek Eagleson. We out of here. Love y'all. Peace. Hey, uh, Skywalker, yeah, I need you to stop setting up my guy, Patrick. <laughs>